Welcome back to another episode. I uh, wanted to take a break from really talking about golf a ton this week. So we've got the uh, Valero Texas Open happening this week. I'm going to be 100% honest with you guys. I'm not super excited about this tournament. I, I'm not really going to be watching it too much this weekend. I'm just more worried about the Masters that's happening next week. So um, in the meantime, I figured I would post an episode for you guys to listen to. Um, this was uh, an interview that I was fortunate enough to do with somebody that I can call a friend now. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, this is Matt Merrill. Matt is an entrepreneur business owner, uh, but became a TikTok sensation over the last two years during the pandemic. Um, When he and I recorded this interview, he had under 700,000 followers on TikTok, and currently he is sitting at 788,000 followers. So um, anybody that's listening to this, if you have ever seen any of Matt's videos on TikTok, hopefully you enjoy this interview and get to learn a little bit more about him and his family. Thanks for coming out, man. I appreciate it. Man, I appreciate you having me, Ryan. I, I appreciate you showing me around Nashville, too, but I've been excited to do this and kind of talk through everything and talk through my story and everything else, so I'm excited for it. Yeah, yeah. So start out, everybody. Uh, I am joined today with by Matt Merrill. Um, some of you guys, a couple of you might know him from TikTok. Um, you are, as of this morning, I think you're at 695. Yeah, we're close. Um, Gotta hit those little runs up and down, but I figure by the time I get home from this weekend, we'll maybe at 700. There you go, 695,000 followers, pushing 700. What's the goal with that, man? You it trying changes. to get to a million, you trying to get to 10 million, what are you trying to do? I told myself when I hit 100,000, I was gonna be happy. I was cool, I was, uh, and then when you get to 100,000, you're like, okay, we get 200, 250, 500. Yeah, it's a million, but when I get to a million, it's gonna change. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a, you know, you kind of get that little, that competitive nature in your head and you just want to keep growing and growing just like with which what we'll talk about later like business and and your your jobs and, and what you do for a living you just want to keep growing you always want to get better and yeah and i'm one of those people that doesn't get satisfied real easy nice. it's always it's always growth and want to keep going so so we'll see come come talk to me in a couple months and then we'll see where we are <laughs> so for everybody that's listening right now um i actually started following matt on tiktok last year um kind of like middle of 2020 and then I took a break from social media for an entire year. I deleted my Instagram, my Facebook, my TikTok account, like everything. Um, and then I decided to start it all back up again this year. And one of the first people that I looked out for uh, on TikTok just to follow again was you, actually. Well, the content that you were putting it. out was, was super funny to me, man. And um, I'm, I'm just curious, how did that whole thing start for you? Like, when did you actually start getting into TikTok? So I've had it for right when about quarantine started okay that was like march of 2020 and it was just a a joke i got it like everybody jokes around and say hey i got this so i can watch out for my kids if my kids get down well i actually got it to make sure to see if my daughter could get it and i was on it for probably a month and i was like no i was like no you're not getting this (laughs) and i made a few videos here and there that you'll never ever find on the interwebs because i've I've deleted them because it was (laughs) very cringeworthy um but once i started to figure out how it worked um it just every day just stayed consistent and and kind of it was like um it was a way to get out the frustrations of being at home all day and and it gives you something to do and look forward to and then it just snowballed from there you kind of figure out what people want to see the entertainment value you can provide and it doesn't ran with it and so it's just every day every single day for the last you know, year and a half, I've been plugging. So I would say 
May of 2020 is when I really started posting consistently okay. and, and getting it going. So it's been an interesting ride. Let me tell you that. Yeah. It's never, never, never expected any of this. You know, it's, it's funny that you say that too, because I, I started this podcast earlier this year. It was just something I was recovering from a back surgery. I was out of work for four and a half months. Mm -hmm. So I was just trying to not be bored sitting in my house. And I got a, an opportunity to interview a bunch of different people and I had been following you and I was like, you know what? Screw it, dude. Like I'm going to shoot this to message. I'm going to see if he responds. But at that point, I mean, you had over 650,000 followers. I was like, first of all, he's probably never even going to see this message. Second of all, like I doubt he's ever going to actually respond to it. Um, but I'm going to ask him. So I shot you a message. Hey, do you want to be a part of the podcast? And to my surprise, I mean, you, you actually responded back pretty quick too. I think, and I, I pride myself on doing my best to interact with people. And I think that's how you build a real following on social media. I know a lot of people that have built huge followings, but you couldn't get a message through to them no matter what, no matter who you were. And I try to do the best that I can. You know, I, I can't do it every second. It does get, and I'll be honest with you, it gets overwhelming at yeah. times when you have kids and activities and, and careers and jobs and things going on. People don't understand that. But it's, it's, you know, I take pride in doing that. And I, I try to go live every morning to talk to everybody. And I, I want to show the appreciation for people that take the time out of their day to watch my videos, awesome. which has provided me opportunities that I would have never dreamed of. And so I, I knew I was wanting to come to Nashville anyways. And when you said that, I've been looking, you know, I love these type of deals. I love podcasts. I love telling my story or talking to people about their story. Yeah. That's, that's one of my favorite things to do. I used to have a podcast before COVID. Hit. Did you really? Yeah. Nice. And it was a real, real estate and investing and, and it was fun. I had another guy did it with a real estate agent. And so I, as soon as I saw it, I just jumped on it and I, I messaged you right back. I was like, how about I just come there? I was like, we don't need to do this virtually. I'll just come there and show me around. And this has been awesome so far. Yeah. Well, thank you for making the trip out here. Um, before we get into that, um, I just kind of want to give everybody a heads up. You know, my thought with this was for me personally, I see people on social media all the time and I always, I'm just like a super curious person by nature. So I always am fascinated by other people's stories. Um, just fascinated about learning about other people. So for me, I thought this would be a really cool way um, as a fan of yours to just get to know you a little bit more. But then I thought maybe it'd be a cool way for you to have a little longer format to talk to, you know, anybody else that's going to listen to this and just let them have a better insight into who you are and what you're all about. And I think that helps. I think when people see the realness of somebody, cause all they see is 15 seconds behind a screen. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not that I am, but I can be anybody I want to be for those 15 seconds. It could, I could be a totally different person when that camera goes off. Yeah. And when I was telling you, like when we started, you know, I was going through a bunch of stuff when I started my TikTok and it was an outlet and it's just an outlet to be whoever you want to be for a little while. But what it's turned into is realizing we all have issues and we all have things going on and that relatability of maybe like my kids seem like the devil sometimes, but you know what? <laughs> Mine do too. Yeah. And we all have that and it's, and, and we can show that relatability and entertainment and that's what people love and that's what they want to see. I agree. It's, it's because you mentioned that if you look at like your, I think on your little bio on TikTok, it says entrepreneur and then it says CEO of being relatable. That's right. So I'm curious, tell us a little bit more about who you are. Like, where do you come from? 
what's your story, man? Like, how did you get to the place in life where you are right now? So I am from a small town in eastern Oklahoma called Salisaw. Um, right off I-40, it's a, a McDonald's. It's about people know it by it. And I, I grew up there. I spent, I would say, 70% of my life there. I went off to college, came back, and just moved into Arkansas about a year ago. And it's just right across the border in a bigger city. Just for that was where my office was. There's more opportunity, things like that. Um, but um, I got four kids, and that was. If everybody that follows me is listening to this, they know that fourth one was not on purpose. Um, <laughs> got snipped, and after three, and and still end up having another kid. Um, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. They are. They drive me absolutely nuts. But it is it is the best experience that you could ever have? And. And so I enjoy that. I enjoy being with my son on the baseball field. We do that. I love sports. I'm a huge sports fan. Played sports in school. Um, Regret not playing past high school, Um, but not a lot of people are looking for – I always tell them not a lot of people are looking for a 5'8 wide receiver. And um, (laughs) it just just wasn't working out for me. And um, so, so yeah, I I enjoy sports and outdoors and, you know, had just a normal childhood like everybody else, nothing crazy. Parents were divorced when I was one years old, so I never knew, you know, what it was like, you know, having them together. So nothing new to me, and um, had great, um, you know, step parents. Everything was good. I mean, it was, it was just a, it was just a normal, basic small town. Nothing, nothing exciting. Um, now, career-wise, kind of got into what I'm doing now. I do a lot of real estate investing, and you know, I, I have three or four businesses. I'm working on the fourth right now, and that's I'll kind of attribute that to my dad who has been an entrepreneur since he was in high school. He's, you know, never worked for anybody. That's, you know, that's just kind of his mentality and that's kind of the mentality I got. And I worked for him for a little while, went into banking and decided I just, I wasn't built to work for somebody else. Yeah. Um, It's not an ego thing. It's a, that's just how I am. That's just how I'm wired. And if I fail in one business, don't think I'm gonna go take a job. I'm gonna go find another business to start. And that's pretty much what happened. I got in, got real aggressive, and COVID hit, and I got punched in the mouth. You don't ever expect something like that to happen. When people are always like, "Be cautious, plan for, plan for anything." You don't plan for that. Yeah. And oh, that was like the one thing that happened that there wasn't anybody that could have planned for that. No, and even when it was coming down, I was still doing that podcast about real estate investing. I was like, "Oh, this isn't gonna affect anything. It's gonna go right back up." <laughs> I was. Dead wrong, um, <laughs> dead wrong, and then now look at it. It's it's so inflated, it's kind of messed it up in a different way, and it's it's hard to do. So what you do in those times is is you pivot, and that's what I'm doing right now is nice. pivoting to something else. But in the meantime, I owe so much to social media and TikTok, and people may think from the outside looking in, TikTok is that silly app for kids and things like that. It's not. It opened up so many doors for me to be able to provide for my family and still live the life that we're used to living while one of my businesses is just going down. Really? And, and yeah. And I mean, I'll, I'll sit here and be frank with you that I sat in a bankruptcy attorney's office at one point. Oh, Considered that, I was like, you know what? I wake up every morning dreading it because I'm so stressed out. And instead, this opportunity came and I was not going to mess it up. I took every advantage of it when when the first opportunity came on social media, I worked like it was all I had. Like I mean, I gave it every single thing I had, and it was absolutely amazing experience. And now it's just growing from there, and I'm able to revive my other business 
while growing it, starting another one and then another one that I have coming. And so it's just opened up those doors and I owe so much to it. If it wasn't for this app, the days I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Like I just, it's just stressful. It's way more stressful than people think. Um, you've got to, you've got to interact with people. You've got to produce content. You've got to come up with ideas on a daily basis. People think like, if you look into, I know we talked about this last night. If you look into my drafts, I don't have any. Yeah, there are drafts that I've just made with my kids goofing around that I would never post. And so my stuff comes daily. I just told you before we started this, hey, I'm going to have to go make a video here yeah. in your house before I leave um, because I don't have anything for today. So that's how it is. That's how Now, some people have thousands of drafts. I don't. And that's just not how I operate. And so, so yeah, it's, it's, but it's opened up the doors and I, it's, it's gave me the, the motivation to keep going and keep doing it and build something off of it. I think... We are in an age where we are giving so much opportunity to do something nobody else has done before on a platform that we've never had. Yeah, It's a platform where you can reach so many people being, and I'm going to call myself this, a nobody. Yeah, I was a nobody on there. And then you hit videos that hit 20 million people. What? I mean, could you ever imagine getting in front of 20 million people? No. I know. You're not a celebrity. I, don't, I can't sing. I can't dance. I, I didn't play professional sports. I mean, it's... How in the world can you do this? And it's 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 wild. It's yeah. absolutely wild. When you told me that last night um, that you don't have any drafts, that was going to be one of my questions because you see so many people on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok where they basically have this like schedule where they're like, okay, Monday through Thursday, I'm going to record content. Mm -hmm. And then Friday and Saturday, I'm going to edit it all together. And then Sunday, I'm going to post it and like schedule it to go out on certain days. And they just kind of have this slate of pre-planned material so that if they want to go on vacation they can just post shit that's already ready to go and they don't have to worry about doing it and you looked at me straight in the face last night and said no nah, man i have zero drafts i just do that shit on the fly and i was <laughs> I like do. god that has to be so stressful man it, it is and because you're posting like there are times where you're posting like five or six times a day right? so i used to so when i was growing and i would if anybody's interested in doing that when you're growing and starting you need to be at three to five a day Okay. It needs to be every day. I mean, it really does. And you're, and you may have nine out of ten videos do terrible, but you have one do good, and you gain from it. And then you gain from that. You figure out what works now, and then you just build off of it. The people that grow the fastest are the ones that figure out what what works and just do it over and over and yeah. over and over again. And so I figured out that that marriage life and parenting and the relatability and and that when I figure out that was it, that's my niche then I roll with it. Then 90% of my videos revolve around that nice. at this point. And so it's, you know, some days I think of an idea, but if you get busy, you get things going on or it's baseball season for us. My son is deep into travel baseball. You know, I don't have time. You, you, you're gonna, you can go back and look. If I'm on vacation, you're going to see a video on me. I'm on yeah. vacation. Yeah. If I'm at the baseball field, you're probably going to see a video at the baseball field. And that's just how I do it. And it's not ideal, I will tell you that, but I did just hire somebody, and I, her main goal, I said, is to straighten me out and keep me in line and keep me organized. You know, what's come with this is brand deals and partnerships, and I get busy and I forget, and I'll have these brands message me, like, hey, when are we gonna get a video? I'm yeah. Like, Sorry, I'm like, I'm trying. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's, it's fun, it's wild, it's stressful, it's all of this, but it's an opportunity that I could never dream of getting. That's awesome, man. You said it was like May of last year, May of 2020, that mm -hmm. you, you actually started getting into TikTok. Do you remember, I know you said there's a couple videos, that like your first videos, no one's ever gonna hear about them. So let's talk about the first videos that people actually could find. 
Do you remember like what it was like doing that for the first time? Did you have um, any kind of apprehension? Were you nervous about it? Were you? Did you feel like silly or? So I'm I'm a very outgoing person, and I I don't get embarrassed easily, and and I don't take offense to things. Like I'm just loose and have fun. But when you're going to make a video like that, I felt like I I felt like an introverted introvert. Really, I mean, I was sitting there. I, I told you yesterday, like, I wouldn't even let my kids or anybody watch me make my videos, <laughs> even though I know it's going to go out for hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. I just can't do it. I feel so silly. You won't see me out in Nashville in the middle of Broadway making a TikTok video. Which just, we saw some of that last night. We did night. see that last <laughs> night. And I've been to meetups, and we do make some videos out there, but it's a group. Yeah. It's a group effort. I'm not out there by myself, you know, doing something, doing something goofy. But my, my start was on, like, transitions. That's what I did in the beginning. And, and I had no niche in the beginning. It was just like, oh, that's a cool idea. I'm going to do that. Were you that's just kind of like idea. following the trends yeah, that were on it. there, right? Basically. That's it. Whatever a trend was, no matter what category it was in, I was doing it. And that's not great, but when you hit so many a day, you're going to hit, you're going to get some go out and you're going to get some, what they call, you know, hit the FYP. And that's kind of how it went. And, and I would do comedy and I would do movie scenes and songs. <laughs> One of the early things I did was, was singing to a brew handle. And as silly as that sound, people liked it though. I brought it back out actually a couple weeks ago. I saw that. And um, and that evolved evolved into the slide. And so the slide is where I took off. And me and a buddy of mine, Eric King, we both he he, he we call him the king of the slide, and I'm the CEO of the slide. Nice. And that's just we dubbed ourselves those names. I don't know who else is, but. I have a long, long um, area in my house that I could just take off on a sprint and I could slide. The farthest I've slid is like 25 and a half feet. Nice. That's a long ways. And I just, it just became normal. My kids slide all over the house. <laughs> they love doing it. And that's, I was able to turn that slide into a lot of content. So I could take somebody's basic idea and I could slide or do something into it and take it up a notch. Nice. And that's kind of when I was taken off. I was taking a basic, simple idea and taking it to the next level. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm the most creative human on the planet. I'm not. Um, but it's just, that was kind of how my brain was starting to get wired. Yeah, so like you would see something that was on the, on the app and you would basically just make it your own. Like mm -hmm. You'd kind of do something similar, but you're just putting your own spin on it or your that, own slide on it. That's the key to building your brand. Yeah. You can build a big following but not be brandable. Um, you cannot appeal to brands if you're just doing silly things that are just stealing other people's content or you're just doing this. You gotta have your own area because you're not appealing to somebody if you're not getting the interaction yeah. from people, the engagement. The engagement comes from when you're the, the authentic, um, being authentic and really talking and, and being there for those people and communicating, responding comments and things yeah. like that. You want engagement. So a brand, if you're looking to get a brand deal, you want to be engaged and you want to look. Every video needs to have some action on yeah. it. Like just because your, your true fans that are there or the two people that really love your stuff will comment, will like, will share, you know, whatever it may be um, on your content. And that's kind of what helps. And that's why I say, you know, they deserve my attention at all times. They, they take time to watch my videos. Yeah. They don't have to do that. And so that, that's why I respond and that's why I engage with them back and forth. And, and also I, I'm going to sit here and lie to you. I want to make money. Yeah. I mean, I think you're silly. <laughs> if you built a big following and you're not making money, it's your fault. Yeah. It's not hard. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like when you first started it, 
you said earlier, the whole reason that you started in the first place was because you just wanted to check up on your kids in case they were on it mm -hmm. to make sure they weren't doing anything. But then it, it snowballs, it turns into what it is in now. You're at a point where you have an opportunity to make revenue on it. it honestly, I think it'd just be stupid not to take mm -hmm. advantage of that. You know what I mean? I mean, I get it. Some people are just, and, and I'm in there for the entertainment. I'm in there for the fun. But I'm, I'm an entrepreneur and yeah. I'm, I'm in here to make money. But I'm going to make it in a way that I would never look like a sellout or take advantage of followers or people like that. I would never. And, and if my people don't know that by now, they're just not paying attention. Yeah. I've turned down so many things that would have just, that would, could have taken advantage of that. Well, yeah. And like your content in particular, like to go back to, you know, making money off of it. But I've noticed out of all the content that I've watched that you've put on that app, I don't think I've ever seen one where you're doing any kind of like verbal advertisement for no. another company. You know, like you'll talk about, I think you talk about like ketones every once in a while because you're drinking it on like mm -hmm. some of your videos. But, you know, you see other creators out there where they're like, oh my gosh, like I'm having such an amazing day. And it's all because of these yeah. sweet new pants that I just <laughs> got from this company. If you use this discount code, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so, I mean, I appreciate the fact that. You have the opportunity to make money, but you're you're not also thrown in everybody's face either. I will not. I will 100% guarantee will never pump a product or a brand if I don't actually believe in it, use it. Like with ketones, people probably thought. I'm sure a ton of people thought, oh, he's just trying to make money. I drink them every single day. They are in my bag nice. right now. I have them here. I drink them every day. Um, we drink them every day. My household drinks them every day. Um, they work. If they don't work for you, then I'm sorry. I mean, but it's, it does work. It, it, that's what afforded me the ability to keep my business alive, to be able to invest in other businesses solely because of ketones. So, you know, if, if somebody has a problem with that, then unfollow me, you yeah. know, I, and I, I tell people that all the time. I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to be real on my life. I'm going to be me. If I'm in a bad mood, you're going to get cranky mad. And they love it. <laughs> I mean, they all love it. And so, you know, I'm not going to be fake. And, and it's easy to be fake. And there's a lot of them on there. Trust me. Yeah. Um, you, you go meet people and you get surprised. And there's a lot of amazing people on there too. And I've made so many friends off this. Um, friends that I've talked to more than i talk to, you know, friends in real life. And so it's, it's just been a huge blessing in, in every single way. Well, you mentioned it earlier about, um, there's a misconception about TikTok in general. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you hundred percent because I used to think that way, that it was just an app for teenagers Same. and it was just a bunch of little kids on there doing these little dance videos. And believe me, there's plenty of them out there. Right. But the more that I started messing with it and the more that I started just like following different people, I mean, there's such a huge community of all different age groups, all different personality types. And I have a friend of mine actually that was on one of my previous episodes. His name's Mike. He's out in Arizona. He's got his own furniture making company. Mm -hmm. And I asked him one day, I said, Hey, have you ever thought about getting on TikTok?" And his exact words were, I don't know. I mean, I've kind of thought about it, but it just seems like it's too young of an app with like, you know, it just doesn't seem like it can help me. So from your perspective, I mean, you're a guy that has created businesses prior to getting on this app and now you're in a place where it's just bringing more, you know, benefit to your life. For someone like my buddy Mike, who would consider it, but is kind of hesitant to doing it, like what would you, what's your advice? Like, what would you say to him in that situation? First of all, I would love to look at what he's spending on advertising and how many, we talked about this last yeah. night, how many eyeballs are getting onto your products from what you're spending? What does your reports look like? And then go and show him what one video can do for a product of his. Because, you know, yes, there's kids on there. There's dancing. There's stupid stuff. It doesn't pertain to anything. But TikTok has its own dimensions. Yeah. I don't see any of that. I never see kids dancing or things like that. 
it goes off what your interests are. And once you find that interest, you, know, you can't just go out and show your furniture and think you're gonna get a million views. You gotta get creative. Hire somebody, find a younger person that's, that's able to get creative with a video, show the way they build it, or show some unique thing about it, just to get them to your page. Yeah. Because you're never, and that's free. It's, it's free. He can make his own videos or some of his staff and it's absolutely free. Otherwise, you could pay thousands of dollars for a commercial or a billboard or I don't think he made his newspaper, but you know, <laughs> a, a, a news station little little thing on their online site. Yeah. I mean, where's your advertising? Mailers. It, it's you're never going to get this opportunity, and it's silly for there. Every business should be on there. Yeah. Because they're never going to get that opportunity anywhere else. Instagram's not going to give them to them. Facebook's definitely not going to give it to them. I mean, you could pay out the ask for Facebook ads and Instagram ads and you'll never reach what you reach on TikTok if you have a decent video go. And so to me, if you want people drawing that the only issue is if you're not a national brand or if you're not something that can go online in order, now you're limited because TikTok's not local. Yeah. That's your only issue. Um, that's when you can probably move over to Instagram or Facebook and, and provide more. But yeah, the more people sense. that get your get know, know your name, the better. It's never going to be a bad thing. The more people that get your, know your name, and it's free. Yeah. So you're not paying for any of that. Do it, Mike. Do it, Mike. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Trust me. So I've got, and I told you, you know, and I'm, and I'll talk about it here for in this, just for a minute. Is the new? I have a new business starting, and and I'm almost ready to to get it pumped out and get it going. And we're going to do like Airbnb vacation rental management and manage other people's properties and my own once I get some bought. I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm not gonna spend a dollar on advertising except for influencers. That's all I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do it on my page. I'm gonna do it in a way that still stays with my content and still stays true to it. Um, but I know a lot of people wanna know what I'm doing. I've talked about it several times on both the platforms. And so I'm gonna call up my buddies who has a million followers and be like, hey, you know, let me know what you think about this. Go stay at one of these properties. Let us know. Give us a review. You know, just get the name out there. And that's the best way to do it. I yeah. mean, this is this is where all the people are going. I get, I don't know how many messages a week I get from a, an artist out of Nashville wanting me to just make a video with their song in it. Yeah. They'll pay me a couple hundred bucks just to make a video with their song. I haven't done it. Or no, I did one. Um, I did a package deal for one. And I thought they were good. Like it's it was good music, and it's a good way for them to get their song out there. You know what's crazy is um, I talked about this uh, something else on one of my other podcasts, but I'm a huge fan of the word perspective. And depending on your perspective in life, mm -hmm. things are going to look a certain way, right? So you brought up advertising earlier. Some of the most successful businesses, I mean, like Fortune 500 companies, the majority of their advertising came from word of mouth advertising. Mm -hmm. And TikTok and Instagram and you know YouTube, that is nothing but word of mouth advertising this to is your point that you're not paying anything for. Mm -hmm. If you can, if like you said, if you can pay five thousand dollars for a billboard that twenty thousand people drive by and five people look at, that's fantastic. But mm -hmm. if you can put zero money into a video that twenty million people look at and it didn't cost you a dime, then it's it's just a huge, huge mm -hmm. word of mouth advertising, man. And, and it's and I, and underrated. I, I get it. You know, not every business would probably benefit from this. But if you're selling something, or you got it, you're you're going straight to the consumer. You're a B to C company. Yeah, you need to be on there. Yeah. It, I mean, listen to Gary V. Gary V's been saying it for two years now. Hundred percent. And I mean, you're silly if you're not. It, there's just nothing to lose. You have nothing to lose at all. 
Yeah, there's um, there's somebody else. I can't remember his name right now, but there's a guy that I've seen on TikTok more and more now that's kind of like a, a sales coach, basically. And he was talking about a story of like going to a bar with one of his buddies, and his buddy was like, "Man, I'm so nervous to go hit on that that woman Bradley. over there." Bradley, yeah. I yeah, love and Bradley. He, and he was like, he was like, dude, think about this, man. Like, if you go and you say hi to her and you ask her out and she says no, where do you end up? You end up in the exact same place <laughs> that you're sitting right now. So what do you have to lose? Yep. And it's the same thing with this, right? If you have any small creative bone in your body and you can do it, like you said, you started it as more of like an outlet versus anything else, mm -hmm. right? So if you just want to do something where you can get a creative piece of yourself out there whether nobody looks at it or everybody looks at it, like just, there's nothing to lose at the end of the day. Like if nothing comes of it, you're not any further behind in life. You're just in the same place you were before. You make nine videos and they all do terrible, but your 10th video, you know, gets 20,000 views, 50,000 views, hundred, whatever your definition of, you know, viral or good is, you know, look, I mean, it, and it took, it probably took you 30 minutes of your time. Yeah. 30 minutes. And you, you got somebody on the payroll that could probably think of an idea for that. Yeah. And I, you ask anybody that knows me in real life, they would all agree I'm not a creative person. That's just not in my, my talent level. <laughs> but now, like this is like I've just been able to do this stuff. I don't know. I mean, I don't get it. Like I don't even. It doesn't even make sense to me half the time. And I can come up with this stuff. I can listen to a song on the radio. Think of something that's going to relate to my kids, or one of them yelling or fighting or this or that. And so just just do it. Just look at similar products to yours, find their viral videos, and go copy it. Who's, you can you can do that. It's perfectly legal. Yeah. Well, and that's what, like with YouTube in particular. People say this all the time. You look at some of the biggest creators on YouTube platform, and every single one of them will tell you that the the people on these platforms that are killing it mm -hmm. are not worried about the people that are just starting out. Yep. They're not. It, it's we. Somebody that's just starting out on a platform that has zero following is sitting there second guessing themselves because they're like, oh my gosh, am I going to be as good enough? Am I going to be as good as Matt Merrill's videos? Or am I going to be as good as Gary Vee's videos? And in the meantime, it's like, you'll support them. But at the same time, you're not like worried about them taking your content. You're not worried about them doing something similar. You're just like, do you and like live life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I saw, I saw a video a while back on a guy talking about YouTube because YouTube, if you want to monetize something directly from the social media, YouTube's always going to be the best one. And they were like, go search a topic that you know about that you're interested in that you want to talk about and go look at the most viral videos of that topic on YouTube. They're probably going to be three years old, five years old. Go remake the video. Just go remake the video. It's all you got to do. Just put something new and fresh out there. That's basically. right. I know. Update it to, to 2021 and, <laughs> and go. People just don't understand. It is that simple. I'm curious. Since how it's been almost two years now that you've been getting after it, do you remember which video that you posted was like the first one to kind of pop off? That's tough. Um, I've thought about that several times too, which one, and I've tried to look back because it's a long ways. You're trying to look back, you're scrolling for a while. Um, no, I don't, I honestly don't really remember. Um, I spent a lot of time just steady, nothing crazy, no crazy viral videos, just steady. And my follower gain every day was steady. My video views were steady. Um, it was just consistent. I cannot remember when it first started really getting some, in, like I said earlier, the definition of viral or virality is different for everybody. Yeah. Like me, like five million, that's viral. Because, and I'm not, 
sound I'm, I'm a I'm a borderline confident cocky person I think that's how you gotta survive in this world <laughs> but I've had a ton of million plus videos and it's not a big deal like it's like I'm actually I just made one a night 24 hours ago that's almost there and it's just it's it's all about perspective yeah you know some people say I got a viral video and they had 20,000 views that's awesome you get 500 views on every video then you get 20,000 that's the same as me getting five or ten million <laughs> and so it's about perspective but I get excited if somebody looks I, if I get 4,000 views I get excited but that's and that's and that's <laughs> great and I would be just as happy as as as, as I me getting 10 million and so but no I don't remember what even category got it going I know in the beginning when big videos that you can do are when I, they're really relatable like use a sound that has a bunch of different like clicks or transitions and you can like are you over 30 or you got you a parent or are you this relate to that yeah those videos always do well yeah the ones where you're like pointing up in the air yep. and you put like a little uh word bubble up there mm -hmm. yeah, yeah 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 because when somebody's on tiktok for a while they're in a certain dimension as i call it and they're probably going to be in those categories that you are yeah so like i'm a parent Okay, over 30. I like sports. Find something that's obvious in there too that you know they're gonna do. Yeah. Like I did one the other day, like you sleep with the sleep with your fan on full blast. Everybody does. Or at least everybody I know sleeps with their fan on full blast, no matter if it's winter, summer, whatever. <laughs> and so just pick something that everybody's gonna be like, oh yeah. And then if it's if they don't, they're gonna let you know too. And that just helps your video yeah. even more. So so yeah, just those are the best way to get out there and get some followers. And then start finding what you want to do. And I, I bet that's probably one of my first ones. And that was the original, like, OG relatable. Like, you know, now my relatability is in a different category. But that just kind of relates to everybody. <clears throat> what was it that clicked in your head to start doing the slide in the first place? Was that just somebody else did that? Or was that just you? Like, what if I just slid into the video and then started doing it? Like, how did so, that come about? It was weird. Uh, I remember it was like August 8th of last year 2020 i think it was august 8th and i had not seen anybody slide this time now eric had slid in his previous videos but we weren't friends then um I, he'll always say he did it first but i'm like i never saw you so it doesn't <laughs> count um but i would do this i would start i would, I, I started all this and i was going to go into motivation i want to be a motivational speaker okay that's what i want to do i love speaking in front of people i love the stage i love getting people fired up and that's kind of why i started that little fitness Thing on my Instagram is accountability. But I started every single morning, I would slide into the camera, I just did it one day. I was like, you know what, this floor is perfect, I didn't have really any furniture in there then, and I was like, I'm gonna slide into a different room than I do now. I'm gonna slide in there and just, hey, just have a great day. Have a great day, that's, that's it. That's your first thing you're gonna see this morning, have a great day. I did that for oh, 200 days or so. 100 and something, 200 days, people just got used to it every day. Yeah. Like I would slide a different way. I would do something different every day. I would spin, I would jump, I would, <laughs> I would, I would do all, I would slide with my kids. They would all slide with me. If I was on vacation, who's ever with me would slide with me and we would do it. And it was every day, have a great day, a little message, and I'm done. And then finally I stopped it. People always ask why I stopped it. It becomes real hectic in the morning when you've got four kids and everybody's trying to get ready for school. And I'm like, guys, you gotta stop what you're doing. We have to go make this video real quick. And then it just becomes a fight and everybody's pissed off at each yeah. other. And I'm like, this is turning into the opposite of what my goal was. Have a great day, <laughs> it's turning into everybody's pissed off and let's just go. And so, but the slide was born from that. And then I figured out different things and then I was like, somebody sent me a world record sock slide 
And I don't know if it's legit or not. I beat it. But I don't know if it's legit <laughs> or not. I got it on video. I got the whole process. I went to uh, Ace Hardware and bought a really long tape measure. I think I saw it, that one. Laid it out there, and I beat it. Um, That's awesome. And so... So yeah, it just become, and then I just started doing videos with it because everybody got used to it. So for a while, 80% of my videos was me sliding. Nice. I mean, all of them. So I slid outside, I slid in the sand, in the beaches, I've slid everywhere. Um, I've slid in Las Vegas hotels, you know, it's, <laughs> it's everywhere I went, it's sliding. And so I'll be at hotels, trying to, in baseball tournaments, trying to figure out where I'm going to slide, where am I going to slide. And so... Yeah, I used to even bring the ring light around. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> um, but but yeah, it was just it just became something off those have a great day videos. Oh and well, that's, that's one of that's one of the new trends on there right now. Is that whole ring light thing where they're mm -hmm. the I, I love you to infinity or whatever. Where they're reaching back. And yeah, yeah, you won't find me doing that. Oh man, I used to do that stuff. <laughs> I used to do the kind of thirst trap stuff. Um, I now stopped that a long time ago. Now you're a more tame version of yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Speaking of baseball tournaments, tell us. So tell us a little bit more about your family. You and your mm -hmm. wife have been together for how long? Eleven years. And you guys have four kids. Mm -hmm. How? What, what's the age range on your kids? So ten, eight, four, and two. Um, we've got it's girl, boy, boy, girl, and my daughter, oldest daughter is um, her name is Peyton. Awesome. Four days a week, we're at dance. So it's I seriously spend half my life driving to the dance studio and back, or one of us do. And every night, but she's really good, really competitive. She loves it. Um, and so that's fun, and she gets to compete and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, she was in softball for a while. It devastated me when she stopped. Um, but she's, this is her passion, and this is what she loves. And then my eight-year-old, um, he was the first boy. And so I literally had baseball bat and bat and a ball in his hands when he could walk. And that's all he's ever known. Like, <laughs> he could switch it when he was three. I'm, I'm not going to be that. I tell people, I'm not going to be that parent, but I'm going to brag on my kid because he is absolutely 100% into baseball, loves it. He's really good. We do travel baseball. I co I've coached him from three-year-old T-ball, four and five, to his travel ball now. Um, and I ask him every, every year, do you want me to still coach? Yeah. Do you still want me to coach you? Yes, yes, yes. He always wants me to coach. So there'll be a time when I'll I'll stop. But um, we we play pretty much 10 months of the year. Um, That's crazy, man. What position balls. does he play? He is. We just moved up to kid pitch, and um, he's a catcher, pitcher, and left field. Nice. So it's um, it's fun. It is, it is really exciting, especially now it's real baseball. Yeah. With pitching and catching. And it's it's been great. I mean, it's... Um, the 10 months of the year, I'd, I'd be fine with his 12. But he don't need that. He needs a <laughs> And so, so, yeah, we play spring and fall, and he'll get to play. He'll, he'll start football next fall and basketball probably. I'm trying to get him into wrestling, but I think he just wants to play basketball. So we'll get that going. And then I got a four-year-old boy, Hawkin. Um, he just played his first year of baseball. He's not quite as into it yet. <laughs> but it's also he's now the third kid and we've got so much attention and time in that first two that are in competitive sports he got kind of left out in that mix but this winter is my goal is to get him back going and get him ready for baseball and, and he'll be ready to go and then layla is our uh, extra oops baby that we have and she is i don't know she's two she's the smartest one we've had at that age probably because she's got older ones to look look up to um but she is Andre. 
but she is all she is so funny at the same time. So it's hard to get <laughs> on to her because she makes you laugh, and she's the one that wants to be in all the videos. Nice. She 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 wants to be in a video, is what she says. Always <laughs> wants to be in a video, and she wants to wear her sunglasses, do her stuff. So That's it's fun. Cute. It's um, it's it's constantly entertaining. You know, good and bad. <laughs> So did you or your wife, did either one of you write a strongly worded letter to the doctor that did the procedure? So <laughs> it just happened. So I used to get allergy shots and it just happened to be at the same clinic. They were in the same building. And I went over there and I was like, I showed him everything. We went to the doctor, found out we were pregnant. And I was like, this can't be. And that doctor retired like six months after my procedure. He had been doing it for 30 years and he had never had one. Oh man. Um, the odds are more than people think, but it's still pretty crazy odds. Like, I, I make these videos and I get trolls all the time going through there. It's not my kid and all that. So I guess it's my kid, trust me. <laughs> um, but I went back and retested. So this all happened 18 months later. And I went back and got retested and I had some. Like, typically, I think you have thousands or millions of um, uh, samples in there, we'll say. And I had like single digits oh my like, god it was just barely in there um so the odds were like like one in 440,000 or something yeah. that we had that baby um and i should probably be a president or something one day yeah so like super low odds that any of that would have ever happened yeah it's crazy but i'll tell you the first four months after we found out she was pregnant i think i was depressed because <laughs> you got you set on three kids like you're done no more diapers no more this you can do this you you always have, every parent has that age of when all their kids are going to be out of the house. We all know how old you're going to be. And I just had to bump it back a couple of years. And so I'll be like 50 now, 49, 50. But um, I've got a couple of close friends back in Arizona that have had that done. And I'm going to, I tease them every once in a while. Show like, them my videos. Like, <laughs> it's real. And then you see all the people commenting in there. It's either people scared to death or people that had the same experience. Yeah. And, and you see it, but everybody's like, oh my God, I'll talk to my husband. He just had it done. Or my husband's trying to, I'm trying to talk my husband into getting it, but now I know he won't if he sees this video. And I'm like, <laughs> it's still, I mean, it's a numbers game and you never know. So. What's the most, like the proudest thing about having your kids? Not having kids in general. Like every parent always says it's awesome to have kids, but like for your kids in particular, I guess a better way, a better question would be like, if there's. Something that you've never said to your kids, like what can you, what do you want to tell your kids that, that you... You get, and this is going to be as simple as answer as you're going to get, but you, when you have four kids, you know, it's, it's hard to spread everything around to all of them too. And you know, I don't want to look back one day and say, hey, I didn't spend enough time with Hawken or Layla or Cam or, but it's never going to be Cam because of baseball. He just, he gets the most of dad. Um, but you don't want to look back and say, you know, you want to try to spend and take advantage of every moment you get with them. But sometimes you get in the, let's say, quote unquote, rat race of life and things going on and you don't stop to really tell them, hey, I'm proud of you, you know, and that's something a lot of probably parents or fathers don't say enough. Um, you know, it's you don't always need a pat on the back or do you give, I mean, they got to learn their own ways in life and they got to learn how to fail and make mistakes. Um, but you need to stop and you need to let them know because Maybe you've spent the last couple of days getting on to them every day or yeah. there's something wrong, but you never said like, hey, how was your day? Or I am proud of you or you did a good job on something simple. <laughs> you be proud because they're, they're giving their best effort to something. And knowing they do that and I always talk to my wife about this is sometimes 
kids will be shitheads at home. But knowing they go out in the world and they actually are good people, they, they're, they're how they were raised and they do what they're supposed to do. And you, you miss that sometimes because you see at home and you see what's going on. So they, they need to, every now and then, they need for somebody to say, hey, you're doing a good job. You know, everything's okay. We're proud of you. It's not always going to be getting in trouble. It's not, most of the time talking to you is not something you did wrong. Yeah. And I think I even get caught up in that way too much. And so really it's just being proud, showing them how you really feel. You know, it's okay to show a little affection yeah. every now and then. You don't have to be a hard ass That's all the cool. time. Yeah. So like <clears throat> we talked about this yesterday for anybody that might be listening to this for the first time, my wife and I, we don't have any kids. So it's always, for me, it's always interesting having conversations with parents just to get everybody's different perspective on what it's like to have kids. And then especially for you, you know, having multiple businesses, having four children now, and mm-hmm. then also having a social media, um, you're stressing me out. Just that, you're trying, that you're trying to manage. <laughs> I'm curious, like, how do you balance? That? I don't, I don't do a good job. I don't know. <laughs> That's literally the reason I'm not going to sit here and pump any bullshit down your, down your throats. I don't have any idea. It's, I fly by the seat of my pants with it every single day. I will be on live in the morning at like 7am and people ask, what do you got going on today? I have no idea. I'm going to walk into that office and I'll figure it out. I'm going to survive. I'm really good at figuring things out. I can figure stuff out. That's that's kind of my specialty, but it's part of the reason I just hired somebody. And you know, don't be ashamed to hire somebody if you think it's going to help your bottom line, whether that bottom line is in dollars or in life or in, I'd say your overall well-being yeah. of life. You know, sanity. Um, sometimes you'll you'll pay a little bit more for sanity, and and trust me, it's it's needed at times. I mean, I'm an, I'm an anxious person. Um, I let things get to me quickly. I have high anxiety, um, but you know, there's ways to minimize it. And, and organization is probably one of those ways I can, I can minimize that. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've done like a, like what I'm going to do for the day. Like, this is my chart. I'm going to work out here. I'm going to drink this much water. I'm going to eat this. I'm going to do this. And I don't ever follow it. I never, it's just, <laughs> I, I waste 30 minutes typing it up is what happens every time. Um, but no, I don't have a set thing. I would love to say I set two hours a day to make content. And it's worked two hours a day. That ROI is there, trust yeah. me, um, for two hours a day, but I don't. I'll run home at lunch, I'll shove something down my throat, and then I'll go spit out two videos real fast. Yeah. Um, I rarely take more than two minutes to make a video. Rarely. Um, back when I was starting, those were all like the transition and changing clothes and whew, those were a nightmare. Yeah. And then I would, I sometimes would spend 30 minutes, change clothes five times and not post the video because it looks stupid. <laughs> you never know what it's going to look like until it's over with. Exactly. So, so all yeah. You, all you can do is like try to put what's in your head onto a camera and then and when you go back and look at it, you're like, holy work. crap, why did I just do that? Yep. And so, so yeah, there's not enough organization, but I'm working on it right now. I, I don't have a clear answer. I literally fly by the seat of my pants. No, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I think, I think that's, <clears throat> it's cool to hear that though, because I think so many people, you know, they watch content that you put out there or content that other people put out there and they're like, oh yeah, they've, they've got somebody planning their every move out and oh, somebody's yeah. editing their videos for them. And, and then there are people out there that do that, right? Like it, it's helpful to have people do those things for you. But going back to what you said, if, if you can get a balance in life by hiring somebody, it's huge. And it, it makes me think, again, I've said this a million times, I'll say it for the rest of my life, but a, a close friend of mine told me one time in life, there's three different types of currency. 
He said, there's time, there's money, and there's happiness, mm -hmm. and you should never sacrifice your time or your happiness just for money. That's right. And I think for anybody that's out there that may be on the verge of pulling their hair out or losing their mind, take a step back and think, okay, if I invested a couple hundred dollars a week into somebody else taking this off my plate, the return on the investment, is it going to be dollars or is it just going to be sanity? Mm -hmm. Is it going to be like, I have five hours in the day now where I can just go hang out with my family? And it's been a hard concept to grasp for me for the last five, eight years, you know, you want the money, you want the money, what, but what are you willing to sacrifice for that money? And there's kind of a line and, and a lot of discussions in my household have been about that. And I get caught up sometimes and things like that, uh, but it's a catch 22. Do you want to provide the life for your, your family and your kids that they've always dreamed of or that, you know, that you want? And, and so it's, it is a catch 22, but I think you can find that perfect balance in there. It's there. Yeah. It's not easy to find. Um, there's a lot of un unhappy people out there you think that are happy. Uh, trust me, uh, way more than people think. And just because they posted a thing on social media, it looks how happy they are. I doubt it. They probably turned the camera off and it's straight to a frown and, <laughs> and, and a panic attack or this or that. I did it. It was me. That was me. It's kind of um, sad to hear that though, you know? It is. And, but it's the truth. And that's, you know, when people and you get all these trolls and hate all over social media and they don't realize what people are really going through. And so it's, you got to find that balance and, and everybody, maybe it's not for money that they sacrifice their happiness for. Maybe it's something else, um, but you just got to find it in there somewhere. And, it, and the older you get, the more you kind of learn and the more it makes sense. Yeah. Things make a lot more sense to me now than they did when I was 25. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm 34, which I'm not 40 yet. So we're still got a ways from there. Well, you mentioned earlier that you were talking about how you're a huge sports fan. Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, a couple weeks ago, you posted a video. Um, you traveled to the Kansas City Chiefs game against the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. And you surprisingly were a Cowboys fan, which it's a shock that I'm even sitting here talking to you because I'm an <laughs> Arizona Cardinals fan. Um, and one of the worst teams to come into Arizona every single year is the Cowboys because there's so many effing Cowboys fans. <laughs> It's almost like a road game for us in our mm -hmm. own damn stadium. Mm -hmm. But I asked you this last night, and I'm, I'm going to ask you again. How is it that you live in Arkansas, but you're an Oklahoma Sooners fan and a Dallas Cowboys fan? So to to make that all make perfect sense to everybody, I've lived, I'm 34 years old, as I said. I've lived 33 of my 34 years in Oklahoma. Born and raised in Oklahoma, I went to OU. And so that is my school. That is, I am a season ticket holder. I've been a season ticket holder for six years now. Uh, I go to every game that I can. I never miss a second of any game, uh, no matter what it is. So I'm a diehard OU fan, and I live on the border. So I moved to Arkansas on the border. Like, literally, you could hit a, almost a couple couple drives from the golf ball to my, from my office to Oklahoma. And so there's a, surprisingly a lot of OU fans in, in the city that I live, too. Um, so that's OU. My family's OU too, though. I mean, we've just born and raised Boomer Center. I mean, that's it. Nice. And then the Cowboys is probably is is it's where I live. It's centrally located in between Kansas City and Dallas. So it's three and a half hours north of Kansas City. It's three and a half hours south of Dallas. Well, Dallas was close, and when I was a kid, Dallas was winning all the Super Bowls. That's who you wanted to watch. They were on TV back before you got every game on TV when yeah. it was just a couple. Dallas was always on TV. And so I grew up with, with Michael and Emmett and Troy. And Troy's from a town 30 minutes from where I grew up. And he's from Henrietta, Oklahoma. And so, so that was it. We traveled down and watched Dallas games. I remember going 1995 when they won the 96 Super Bowl. It's Pittsburgh. Um, so I'm just 
huge Dallas Cowboys fans. Been going to games every year. Um, it's just, and they were close, and we can drive there. It's a simple drive right there, and that makes it's sense. It's fun, and that was the first time to go to. You mentioned the Kansas City game. That was the first time to go to Arrowhead um, for an NFL game. What and was I, that like? like? It was. Y'all, y'all gonna be shocked. I mean, I, I went to Arrowhead. We went to get the atmosphere of how awesome that was. Like a college game atmosphere, and um, it was half blue, literally half blue. I'm telling you those. It yeah, was those MF and Cowboys fans. They're dude, they travel I mean, so it's, well, and they're national too. But it was half blue, and then we got our ass kicked. Um, and then it was half out. Uh, we were gone. <laughs> I mean, we were gone. I looked at my dad and my brother. I was like, "Let's go." I was like, "I'm never that old man that's going to leave early from a game." But that was one. I was like, "Get out!" And I, and then in the next weekend, I go to Bedlam, OU and OSU, and we lose for the first time in years to OSU. And I'm looking like, let's get the hell out of here before they trample us and storm this field. And so my sports year has been weird. Um, Cardinals baseball fan. They didn't, I mean, it's just, it's all, it's been a weird sports year. <laughs> all I could think about when you were talking about want, leaving early is those uh, commercials on TV now where the guy's talking about like helping people stop acting like their parents. Yes, progressive they, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, they yeah. show up to the football stadium and the one guy's those like, are... we should probably leave a little early so we can get out of the parking lot. And the guy's like, let's not talk about leaving the game before we've even gone into the game. Those are the funniest <laughs> commercials. Oh, they're so good. We started this debate last night, but we didn't get too deep into it because I wanted to save it for this. So are you, do you prefer college football or NFL and which do you think is the better of the two? I, <laughs> I prefer college football. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, but unless I have been fantasy football, I will not be watching. Well, I'll take that back. I watch Baker Mayfield. I watch the Cleveland just because of OU. Um, but I will not watch an NFL game. Maybe a Monday night or Sunday night game just because it's on. It's football. Yeah. But I can watch I can watch a Mac conference game. I can watch Kent State play Ohio over any other NFL game. I just like college football better. I like going to the games better. I think they're more entertaining for an entertaining value. I get you're seeing the best players in the world on the field on a Sunday. But I think it's maybe the appeal of it that you're not seeing the best players in the world. You never know what the hell you're going to get on Saturday. Yeah. And it's wild as we sit here and watch a game right now. I know. <laughs> um, it's just a different style of play. It's all about preference of style of play, I think. And I think there's some stadiums out there that provide a pretty badass fan atmosphere for an NFL game. But to me, the college atmosphere, I just love it. Like, I just love being in that atmosphere. I love being hoarse by the time I'm done, not being able to... You know, you stand up all game and things like that. And so it's just, I think it's a matter of the atmosphere and the entertainment value that I just, I just like it. Like I just, NFL just, it seems so vanilla. But you, you have to be when you're all the top athletes in the world. And I get it, but it's just not me. And <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even care what you say at this point. You're not going to talk me into the NFL being better. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'm a huge fan of the NFL. We were joking about this last night. And not to change your opinion, right? Like, everybody has an opinion, <laughs> and I'm not going to try and make you feel a certain way. But I can tell you this, man. I have been – I've been to NFL games where I have run the gamut of emotions, dude. I'm yeah. talking, like, cheering, losing my voice, crying on my friend's shoulder, my <laughs> friend crying on my shoulder. I mean, we've had some, like, intense well, NFL I'm a Dallas games. Cowboys fan, so I do understand. I've never once experienced that kind of emotion at a college game, though. But, and I'll say this, your fandom of your NFL team is way stronger than yours of your college team. 
I mean, if you're, you're, you're yeah, I'm not, yeah, that's you don't care. You don't have that emotional yeah. t- appeal. Like I went to OU, and it's a football school, and it is a powerhouse, and we're used to winning, and that's just how we do it. I am, I am absolutely emotionally passionate about OU football. I'm not like, I can miss a few plays of a Dallas game and not, not stress over it. I'll freak out if I miss a few plays at OU game. Really? Yeah. It's just like that. My fandom to that, maybe going to the school, maybe it all kind of intertwines with each other. So, like somebody, somebody from, like uh, Wisconsin, or no, let's pick a pick somewhere where it's an NFL main city. Mainly, it's mainly NFL. They don't care about their their college football. I think somebody's gonna have the same opinion as you. Yeah, because well, they're I mean, not going to be as passionate about that college. Football yeah, and program. that's the thing. Like I'm from Arizona, and you can use Arizona as yeah. that example because in Glendale you've got the Arizona Cardinals, and then in Tempe, which is like 30 minutes um, east, you've got Arizona State, mm-hmm. and then like a couple hours south, you've got University of Arizona. Mm-hmm. But I promise you, like the majority of the people that are in the state of Arizona care more the about Cardinals. the Cardinals than they do Arizona Sun Devils. Yeah, and it's especially just, when it comes to football. It's just like, hey, if you're if you're in the South, you're probably going to be a college football person i mean that's just how it is like you're in alabama mississippi georgia florida texas i mean even with the cowboys it's way more a&m texas you know all that kind of stuff yeah so it's it's unique i mean it's it's there are two different types of football to me it's it's watching two different types of games if maybe if you watch a big 10 game against two really good big 10 teams it's the closest to the nfl college football get because of it's not going to be 55 to 50 well, it's getting that way. Hell, all of college football is really getting that way. I think way. the best. Is, I think if you, you watch two SEC. Teams if you watch the SEC, you that's, watch that game here in a couple hours. Yeah, it's gonna that, be because and it's the Georgia Alabama game. Yeah, it's littered with NFL players too yeah. in that game, um, which is crazy to think about. So, oh, she's gonna come back. Are they? They're driving okay. already. That's only third quarter too. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the first the first legitimate fight that my wife and I got into was over this topic it was hilarious like we <laughs> we were dating and i brought this up and she, i've never seen her get i don't even think i've seen her get that upset throughout our entire marriage like that night was rough man <laughs> and we were just starting out dating too like you want to talk about a, a opportunity to like end a relationship before it really mm-hmm. starts getting started that's kind of what that conversation was but i guess it worked out pretty well for both of us oh, so. yeah i understand <laughs> So the other thing that I'm kind of picking up from you is it sounds like I'm going to give you a little bit of leeway because you actually went to OU, mm-hmm. but just listening to you though, it sounds like the only reason that you pick teams to follow is whether or not they're winning. You only watch no, the no, Cowboys no, no, when no, you were no, younger no. because they were winning Super Bowls. Okay. You only like Oklahoma because you're used to winning games. So, but grew up in Oklahoma. <laughs> like you got to get you got to get off that stuff because <laughs> when I was a kid, OU wasn't any good. Um, John Blake was the coach when they hired Bob Stoops in 1998-99 season. That's when they started to take off. And then they won a national championship a year later and then never looked back. Dallas, though, I mean, it, okay, if I pulled up a map, I'm, Dallas is probably the closest city to me. Um, like it's so close to Kansas City. And Kansas City was not, like, nobody talked about it. You never heard Kansas City, and Dallas was on TV every weekend. And you're always watching Dallas games, and they were they were cool. They were just fun to watch because of the trio and all that kind of stuff. And so, so yeah. I mean, but, and I had family that was Dallas Cowboys. Well, and I'm partially just talking shit though, because growing up in Arizona as a kid, um, I was an Atlanta Braves fan. Arizona didn't. The Arizona Diamondbacks didn't exist until like 2001. Mm-hmm. 
So prior and to the Braves that, were winning every year, and the Braves were winning <laughs> World Series. Is um, so yeah, like I'm a, I'm a guilty of that as well. Um, and then even younger, when I was even younger, I was a fan of the Chicago Bulls. Before I was a fan of the Phoenix Suns, I was a fan of the Chicago Bulls. My whole family is from Chicago. Everybody around our age was a fan of the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, and when you have, you know, you got Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Horace Grant, you know, Steve Kerr, all those guys winning six championships. Mm -hmm. It's hard to not be a fan of watching those basketball games. But then I got a little bit older and started making decisions for myself more and <laughs> started supporting my, my home teams a little bit better. Um, what do you... So this might be a little bit of a trigger topic. What do you think about Lincoln Riley? What just happened? Did something just happen we, with Lincoln Riley in we, Oklahoma? We don't have enough time on this podcast, and that's, that's a side of me that I don't know that I want the public to see. Um, I'm, I'm, as with all of Sooner Nation right now, as pissed off as you could possibly get. But I think there's some something big coming down the... Uh, on the horizon here, so I think it's gonna. I think we're gonna end up better, but to leave like that, and to, I'm gonna say it, and I'm not gonna. I, and I believe every every bit of it that he literally sabotaged the end of our season. I mean, we we were we were projected national title team, Heisman Trophy winner, everything, and to and to literally spend the whole season beating Tulane by a touchdown, beating you know Kansas by nine points, things like that's not supposed to happen, and then going into the last two of the last three games and losing them. I mean, it was that's not how OU football has been with that talent level. And then to leave and take all these five-star recruits with you, to have a coach stay on staff recruiting for USC while he's on OU staff that just come out. So it's he is the most hated man in the state of Oklahoma right now. But I think we're going to be better off without him. I think we've got something coming that people are going to freak out about. Well, fingers crossed. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully something comes. I'm not going to say it on here because I don't want to look like <laughs> I don't want to be that person. Uh, and most likely, when this comes out, he'll already, he'll already be announced anyway. So, well, continuing along the lines of sports, um, mm -hmm. I also saw a post not too long ago. I don't remember when it was, a month or two months ago or something like that. Um, but you posted a picture. I think you were getting on a G6 private plane. <laughs> Um, <laughs> had your cowboy hat on. Yeah. I think you and the wife were going to a horse race. What was up with that? So my dad has had his own quarter horses and been in the horse racing industry for a long time. Um, he has he has had pretty fortunate luck with some good horses. He's very smart when it comes to horse racing. He knows how to, he knows the bloodlines. He knows all of that. He talks to me. And it's like he's like he's talking in Chinese. I have no <laughs> idea what he's saying. Um, but there is, he does quarter horses and, and people don't see a lot of quarter horses because you're not going to sit there and, and pay money to go watch an event that's 15 seconds long. Yeah. Um, you want to see a thoroughbred run out for a couple minutes, running around the track a couple times. And so he has, he's been strictly quarter horses and there's three races. So in thoroughbred, you have the Derby, Belmont, Preakness. Well, in quarter horses, you have... It's all out of Rio Dosa, New Mexico. Okay. And you have all these fraternities. And, and so you have the Rainbow and you have the All-American and in the, the, uh, the Rio Dosa one. And so those are more valuable and more important than any of the three thoroughbred races. Really? The purses are higher. It's more meaningful. And the bloodlines that created off these races are, are, are more than what you would get on the Derby. The Derby is always going to be more high profile. You're going to get celebrities. You're going to get this. But you go look at the money that's made. Yeah. Now, not in advertising. I'm talking about just direct purse right. money is going to be more at these races. And so for the second time in, I think, five years, he had a horse qualified for the All-American. Oh, the nice. All-American is the Kentucky Derby of quarter horses. 
I mean, it's a $3 million purse. And so we, um, he got it. He's actually, he's building a house out of Rio Dosa. He's, he's always buying horse races and always doing this. And so always out there at the track. So he, um, he, he, he's a part owner in a plane, and, and he, he's not anymore, <laughs> as of the time of that flight to now. <laughs> um, and so we get, we're just fortunate enough to, to be able to do that, and it's just, it's kind of nice. And my daughter came, too. Um, it was her first time on a, on a private plane. Oh, that's awesome. And um, she took it like a champ. When I, my first time, I was freaking out and needed a paper bag. <laughs> um, but flew over there a couple-hour flight to, to New Mexico, watched the races, and jumped back in, and you're back home at night. Like it's 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 a really neat experience. It's a different kind um, of life. Yeah, as I've sat here in in the weekend, going to take four commercial flights and <laughs> you, like 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 us normies <laughs> do. And so, trust me, this this private thing is not a normal thing for me. Like I don't I don't take a private plane. Um, I didn't earn it. I didn't. It's not it's not me. Um, and so maybe one day though, I don't know. They look like a headache. I think I'd just rather just uh, rent somebody else's. Um, but it was fun and. Yeah, and, I would. I would never. I don't mean to cut you off. I would never want to own a private plane. I would like to do one of those like wheels up programs or something yeah. like that, where you buy just, hours. And yeah, stuff. you buy hours. You just call somebody up and you're like, "Hey, I need the plane for the, this weekend mm-hmm. or whatever," and then you just jump on. But it's. I'll admit, you drive up to the airport, you park, and you just walk straight to that plane. Like you're not going through anything. It's. It is. It is convenient, and somebody's waiting for you to pick you up when you get there and drive you. Yeah. So it's it's a neat deal, but it's um it's one of those you know five times a lifetime type deal it's not a it's not all the time but but to watch that horse was fun that's the second time we've flown out there and done that when they've made it and and unfortunately um is a filly so it's a female and and she did really good she finished first out of all the females in the race but um i think she ended up getting like fifth or sixth oh really um yeah and the the time before um i think it was five years ago don't quote me i'm not sure we had one of the best horses out there and we're standing inside the track on the on the wall or watching and our horse breaks strong and it's it's all about the break in these races they're so short you have one mistake you're out you're done it's got to be a flawless race and our horse breaks good he's out he's out front and he's got the lead and by the time we can see him come up here our horse passes us there's no jockey on it oh no for one of the most fluke things you'll ever see in mid-race the jockeys the saddle slid off and the jockey fell off the horse. Oh yeah, my got, God. What, and got injured, had to go to the hospital. Um, did some stuff to his back and everything else. Um, but yeah, we had won that race. I, oh, we have no man. doubt we had won that race. And um, yeah, it was it was rough. But yeah, seeing that horse come through and nothing on him. Oh. Just, just, oh man. That's probably gut right. Look like a wild horse just running through there. Yeah, it, for my dad, for sure. And so, so yeah, but they're fun. I like the horse races. Um, I like betting on horses, having fun. Just kind of makes it makes it more, more, you know, it's, it's very time consuming sitting at horse races. Yeah. Um, you're 20 something minutes in between each race. Yeah. It's, it's, there's nothing going on. You're sitting there in a Riodosa in September, it was like 98 degrees and it's all outdoor. Like there's no air conditioner <laughs> and I'm an idiot and wore my long sleeve button up and my cowboy hat trying to act like a cowboy. And I'm not, um, just to let y'all know I'm not a real cowboy. I mean, I watch a lot of Yellowstone, but I'm not a real cowboy. <laughs> so, so yeah. How many horses does your dad have? I don't even know. No idea. Lost track. Um, 
And I don't know that well, that one's out running in California right now. Um, he usually cycles through probably three to five at a time. Nice. And we'll either you know sell them whatever and get another one. It just depends. I can't keep up with it. <laughs> can't keep up with it. So talk to me about what it's like to have uh, the size following that you have on social media right now. Have you gotten to the point yet where you can't walk down the streets because people just keep throwing themselves at you? All the time? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that's not the case. <laughs> But I will say it's it's hard to explain. It's you're not a real celebrity like any TikToker. You're not a real celebrity. Shut up. Um, I'm not. But it's been it's been weird. Um, Chick Fil A drive through, Starbucks drive through. I've been in restaurants. Um, I've been out places um, where they just you know it's not a big deal. They just are you bad? You know I, I follow you blah, blah blah. And then that's it. You know it's over with. Um, I was at football game last weekend at Buffalo Wild Wings, and the manager literally kept staring at me every time she walked by. And I was like, I asked my buddy, I was like, something on my face? I was like, what is going on? I got food on my face? And then at the end, she was like, oh, are you such and such doing the slide? All this stuff. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and that's it. I mean, you just don't say it and then move on. But a lot of people come, like, will be on my lives, like, I saw you here. I say, like, oh, just come say hi. Like, it's not a big deal. I'm nothing. I'm just a weird person that makes videos yeah. like everybody else. Um, but like TikTok meetup events are different. Like we went to Vegas in April of this year. Is at that time it was the biggest TikTok meetup ever. I think Nashville now has the biggest one ever. A couple weeks ago or a couple months ago, and um, I mean at that point I was probably the second or third biggest one there, and it was weird. It was fun. How many people weird. show up to one of those? Oh, there's well over a thousand. Really? Yeah. Dang. Um, just people from all over the place? Yeah, everywhere. It's It was been built up. Some of my buddies are the ones that started it um, and did it for like a, did like a foundation and all that stuff and a lot of charity work. Uh, went into it, a lot of work went into it. And um, for example, like I would sit, I was, I was at a cabana and I had to walk two cabanas over to get us some pizza because somebody had it in theirs. It took me 30 minutes. It took me 30 minutes because I had to take so many pictures, sign so many shirts, oh, and things like that. It, it was just crazy. And you, and you take so, it's just picture, 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 picture. But it's awesome. Like, I, I love it. I enjoy it. Um, I couldn't live like, I don't know how real celebrities do it when they live their normal lives like that. I don't walk oh, down, gosh. I don't walk down the street and everybody, somebody's hollering at me. That doesn't happen. Um, <laughs> But, but yeah, there's, you never know when somebody's going to recognize you because it's not, like I said, TikTok is not local. It's national. Yeah. And so it could be anywhere in the United States. You got some, one of your 700,000 people are recognize you or something. I mean, it's, it's, it's different. It's not changed anything or anything like that, but it's, it's, I would be lying if I say it's not kind of cool. I mean, yeah. it, it is, it's a cool feeling. It's a. It's a, you know, kind of an affirmation type feeling. I mean, it's like, oh, you know, all this work I put into this, it's, it's not, you know, it's for, it's for something. Yeah. And so I enjoy it. Do you ever get the, do you ever have that sense? Like last night we were hanging out in downtown Nashville. We're on Broadway. Do you ever have that feeling in the back of your head where you're like, oh man, like this would be a cool scene. I could post something. But then at the same time, you're like, shit, man, like, I don't know if I really want to post anything because... <laughs> I don't want people like tracking me down while I'm just trying uh, to enjoy the night. No, I don't think about that because it's not, I mean, it's not so large. It's the 
people are not gonna go freak out because Matt's, you know, maybe a few people. I don't know. You know, I don't know. Right? Um, but they're not we gonna freak out. We took seven hundred pictures last night. I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. None. We took none. Um, <laughs> let me get that out. Get that out straight right now. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not. It's it's nothing. I still think that it's irrelevant to most people. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Oh, cool. He's in Nashville. That's it. That's, yeah. that's all. So I would. I'm curious to know this. What are some of the favorite types of videos that you like to watch? Like if you're ever on the app and you're scrolling through, like what's some of the content that you like watching that's not yours? I love to see creativity, um, real creativity. Um, if it's a bunch of trends over and over and over again, you can guarantee I'm not watching them. I yeah. just keep, I keep going. Now my friends, I'll always like and watch their stuff. Um, but I want to see creativity in the best one. And this, he's, this guy, is absolutely amazing and he's been my favorite person to watch for a year now is kevin lawson and and he's got he's oh he just skyrocketed three or four million now and it's very deserved um but he's a friend and i could call him a friend and it's it's so fun to watch what he does he's so creative he's so talented um very motivational always calm great head on his shoulders very humble guy and I could watch his stuff all day. And there's not a lot of people I could say that for. That's awesome. Um, trust me, I get, I get frustrated every now and then I see people just go blow by me and I'm like, your shit sucks. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm gonna say it right now. Like, your, your shit's terrible. Like, how do people, how do you get this many people to watch it? Like, I want, I want people to go onto my page and they can just keep scrolling and they never have to, they never have to skip one because it's not entertaining. Yeah. That's where I'm trying to be. It's not always gonna be that way. I'll skip my own video every now and then, but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's that entertainment value. You really want to, everything that comes on your page, you want to see, okay, is this, you know, something that you're interested in? And, and Kevin's that person. I want to see creativity. Yeah. I want to see you come up with something on your own or, you know, not your traditional. And I'm saying that, and I don't come up with everything on my own at all. Um, do I try to make it better than what somebody else did? Yes. And then make it different. Because I don't want somebody scrolling. like Just like that ring light trend. If I did that, people are just going to keep scrolling. They've seen a thousand of them. Yeah. Why would they do that? So for everybody that's going to listen to this that is not yet familiar with you, um, where can they find you? Um, what's the best way to, to find Matt Merrill out in the world? So my main things right now are obviously my TikTok, which is it's simple. Matt, M-A-T-T underscore Merrill, M-E-R-R-I-L-L. -L. It should automatically pop up once you get past Matt. And uh, that wasn't a cocky thing. It's just the truth. Like, it should pop up. And then you go to Instagram, and I think it's almost the same exact thing. Matt, and I think there's two underscores, Meryl, because somebody stole my, stole my one, one underscore, so I had to get it that way. <laughs> um, so those are the two main channels. Um, nothing crazy right now. Have have YouTube set up to do. Just haven't ever done it. Um, but you can find me there, and once you get there, you can find all my other stuff. Nice. We'll go from there. Um, as far as the real estate investing, you mentioned earlier that you're trying to get into investing. Um, what are some of the markets that you're like the most interested in right now? So if anybody is listening to this and they have leads or they have information or maybe oh, just some contacts, awesome. um, what are some of the biggest markets that you're really interested in? And um, So we're I'm getting out of long-term rentals, what I've been doing for the last few years. Got quite a bit of rentals locally. Um, right now, I'm going to go focus on short-term rental, um, maybe some some builds or, or things like that. But, you know, Nashville, obviously we're here for a reason. This is why I'm here. I'm currently looking on, on beaches. I, I would love 
panhandle of, of Florida, up at the top up there somewhere. Um, I've been at Myrtle Beach looking. Um, otherwise, really, you know, it's we've talked about Gatlinburg yeah. and touristy spots. I want I want a year round spot, um, but I'm also I'm also 100% open to um, downtown bigger cities where business travelers and you know traveling nurses come around hospitals and things like that. So if it's something that somebody knows or has a contact to or a connection, you know, reach out to me and let me know. And I always always pay cash for referrals. And so if somebody knows of anything, I'll always take care of that person for letting me know. Um, but we're looking, I mean, it's, it's hard to go on Zillow and find a, a deal right now that you're going to make sense. And so, yeah. so all the help I could get, all the, the eyeballs on properties, you know, there's, there's very few locations where I'm not even going to entertain looking at it at this point. So if somebody has a lead like that, a business lead, not just like social mm -hmm. media hits, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Honestly, the best way for me to see it is Instagram DM. Okay. Instagram direct message um, because I got no I get notifications for that. Everything else I have notifications turned off. Okay. Um, just because I get a, brands and stuff like that message me, I don't want to miss it. And so that's that's the best way. I mean, I've got emails and you can go on my profiles and click on my email, but Instagram DM I'll see it guaranteed. Okay. Well, Matt, I really appreciate you spending the time with me today, man. Um, it's been fun getting to talk to you and getting to know you a little bit better last night today. Um, super awesome that you did this. So thank you very much. Anything else you want to say, closing statements before we get out of here? No, um, other than, you know, I appreciate it. Thank you. And thanks for, for having me here in the hospitality and everything that you've shown me around. Um, I want to tell everybody, you know, it's, I'm so appreciative of everything, whether I've got listeners or followers listening to this or not, you know, the appreciation I have for people, because if it weren't for the people, none of this would be possible. I wouldn't be here right now. You wouldn't know who I am. Um, my, my name wouldn't go farther than Fort Smith, Arkansas or Salisaw, Oklahoma, you know, it's, and I, I want to be out there. I want to be known because the more known you are, the more opportunities you get. And I'm all about networking and opportunities and I'm all about the people and, and don't ever think that your prime example, you say, you didn't think I was going to answer a message. I'm going to see it. Yeah. I mean, if it's appropriate, I'll answer it. Yeah. Um, and so you know, send me a message if you if you have questions. I I'm always willing to answer anything, just about. And so, I'm appreciative. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for you. I, I appreciate everybody listening. And um, you know, hopefully we'll get back on here one day and maybe we can talk about a million. There you go, man. Well, thanks again, uh, everybody that's listening. I appreciate you guys stopping by, checking us out one more time. And until next time, see you later. Boom. Oh, now my mouth's really dry. I know, right? All oh, my legs are tight. Woo. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, stay tuned. Next week, we're going to have an episode come out. We're going to be doing prep for the Masters, talking about everything going on in Augusta. I uh, can't wait to talk about golf on that episode. But in the meantime, I hope you guys have a good rest of your week.